Just a disclaimer before this episode starts, there is a little bit of um, audio echo playback um, from some of what I've said. I don't know what's happened with the recording. It went a bit funny and obviously it's um, someone else is talking as well, so I can't just redo it all. I have tried to edit it as best as possible, but it's there and it's a little bit annoying. Um, But hopefully it doesn't ruin the episode for you. Hi everyone, welcome to That Niku Mum, a podcast series where parents from all over New Zealand share the stories of their babies who have been in neonatal units. And uh, today's episode we have the lovely Rachel, whose son Spencer was born at 29 weeks and 6 days. He was expected to be small, uh, but he ended up having a multitude of diagnoses that saw them remain in hospital for 261 days. Um, while Rachel also had another son at home that she was apart from, uh, all during COVID. So she had to do a lot of it alone. And it was just incredible to talk to her, to hear how well Spencer is doing now. He's nearly two years old. He has overcome immense odds um, to be here, as you'll hear from Rach herself. And it was really lovely talking to her. She was so fun to talk to, considering the circumstances of what she was talking about. So I hope you enjoy today's listening. Um, There is a bit of talk about potential um, infant death and, um, you know, her worries about losing Spencer both in utero and after he was born. So just be mindful of that when you are listening. Um, Otherwise, let's get into it. Cool. So my name is Rachel Morgan. I have a lovely fiance called Jared. Um, I have a four year, four and a half, almost five year old son, Miller, and my youngest Nicko baby who is Spencer. And he is two in a couple of weeks now. So yeah, that's wow. our I think that feels like it's come up really fast. Yes, he is on September the 8th. So yes. Don't know where the year's gone. It took a wee while to get him home, but um, yeah. does yeah. it feel right that it's he's two very soon? Yeah. But yeah, no, he's um fought hard to be here, so we're celebrating every day as it comes now. <laughs> Twenty nine and six weeks. Yeah. Wow. So he wow. came via an emergency or a planned emergency C section. We knew he was going to come that way. It was just a matter of when. So yeah. 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 So yeah, and um, basically. I'm assuming you just want our story. Yes. Yeah, go for it. So I fell pregnant in February 2021. Um, I got, I used birth control, so I used uh, Mirena because I have quite severe endometriosis as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my Mirena taken out on the Wednesday and after being told for years that I was, had infill, had fertility issues, I got pregnant two days after my Mirena was taken out. Um, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> So he wanted to be here. That's a baby that definitely wanted to be here. Um, didn't really have many issues at the start. And then at about 12 weeks, I had a really severe bleed um, to the point where blood soaked. While I was at work, I just felt this gush and there was blood all down my legs. It filled my boots. It it was really horrible. I thought I was miscarrying. Um I got taken, I drove myself to hospital because, you know, strong, independent woman. (laughs) Um, And they, I waited in the ED in Waikato for uh, about nine hours. 
Oh my um, God. No help. I was bleeding everywhere. They gave me one pad the whole time I was there. So I just had blood everywhere. And I was like, you know what? This is your own fault now. You're not willing to help a sister out. Yeah. Um, they done a two-minute scan, said that baby was fine and sent me on my merry way, and that was it. So I was like, okay, obviously wow. fine. And wow. I looked into a little bit more, and they thought maybe it was an endometrial polyp that burst. They never really knew, but they just left it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so pregnancy, just quite nauseous, but it's, yeah, I know a lot of women have it a lot worse than what I did. <laughs> um, then it came around to my 20-week scan. Um and everything was fine, and then they'd done the measurements, and he was only measuring at 18 weeks, and they sort of said, hey, look, um, that can happen. He might just need a growth spurt. So yeah. wait it out, come back in four weeks and have another scan. So I was like, yep, easy, no worries. Like, oh, good, my f- no issues with my first pregnancy, so this will just be nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, went in for my 24-week scan, and he was only measuring at 21 weeks, and they said, look, that's not right. The um, it was actually the radiographer or the lady that does the scans. Are they radiographers? Sonographer? Radio? I don't know. I've got no idea. Um, she was doing the scan and said some pretty horrible things at the time. Um, said that we had what's something called IUGR, which is the intrauterine growth restriction. That ours was quite severe and that we should prepare for a funeral. Oh my god! Yeah, I just I lost it. I. I think I just went numb. I didn't know what to expect because that's not what I expected to hear at that scan whatsoever. Luckily, no. I had my mum with me for support. Um, she let me start driving home. So I started driving home and then halfway home, so that was in Morrinsville when I live in Pyro. Mm. So halfway home, I get a call from my midwife saying, you need to go to Waikato ED right now. And I said, well, I'm going home to see my big boy first. I need the comfort of my family. So I drove back to Pyro and then my fiancé drove me over to Waikato where I was admitted for the night. Um, And then the next day I spoke with the head of the neonatal ICU, basically just regarding our odds and where we were at and what was to come next. And they gave us two options. They said we could go down the lines of palliative care, we could birth him there and then and let him pass away peacefully or we could fight, but the odds are that he won't make it. So they were, um, they were so suggesting that just because of, his, because of his growth restriction. Growth restriction. Yep, because the blood wow. flow that was going to him and our Dopplers had completely reversed, and yeah. they said that he was going to basically die inside me. So oh the best option was to birth him there, and we could, at 24 weeks, try and give him a fighting chance of keeping him in, or we could birth him right there and then. But he was only weighing about 300 grams, so he wasn't even viable by that point. Yeah. Um, there was just no hope from at that point. And I thought, nah, you're going to have to hold me down and take this child out of me if you think you're going to get him out of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I didn't give him that option. I said, I'm not willing to do that. Um, then they said, well, your next option, if you want to keep him in, is to try and get to 26 weeks when he should be viable. And if you get to 26 mm-hmm. weeks, admit yourself into hospital and you'll be on twice daily of the CTG scans and then every second day having Doppler scans. Yeah. So it's like, yep, I can do that. So that was the agreement. So at 25 weeks, I got sent up to the fetal medicine team up in Auckland Hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and they went through everything. He had good growth, which gave me a lot of hope. Um, I had a dose of steroids and he sort of just started growing after that. So we thought, all right, here we go. This, you know, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. 26 weeks, I got admitted into Waikato Hospital. Um, and then two days later, we went into COVID lockdown. So <laughs> we were basically just little prisoners in hospital after that. Weren't allowed out of our rooms. You know, I, I got admitted the Wednesday and then the Sundays, were, oh, a few, the thing was the Monday we went into lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been like a couple of days. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was just, it was horrible after that. So we, um, I couldn't have my big boy come and visit. I had to tell him he was only two and a half at the time. So yeah. I told him that I was going on holiday because how else do you explain to your child that you might be coming home without their baby sibling? Um, so, yeah. And then I done basically all of that in there by myself. I wasn't allowed to see any family. I connected with a, re- a lot of really beautiful mums as well, which is what kept me going. Yeah. Um, so I stayed in the ward until I got to week 29 and six days yeah. where I went for one of my scans. I'd done almost four weeks, um, went and had one of my scans and I could see after doing date, almost daily scans by that point, I could see that the blood flow had reversed. Um, and yes, I got sent back to my room and then uh, my doctor came in and she's like, you know what's coming? I was like, yep. I'm ready. Let's go. Like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I rang my other half at the time and I said, he's coming today. So finish up work, pack a bag. We're doing this now. So yeah, got taken through um, getting all ready for my C-section and they give you that water, that magnesium drip. And by Lord, I thought I wet myself. I was at it. <laughs> I was asking the nurse to check me. She's like, you haven't wet yourself. I'm like, no, no, I have. Like, I've I've done it. I was like, I've only done this a few times in my life, and this is one of them. And she's like, you haven't wet yourself, love. I'm like, no, I have. Please check. Um, And then, yeah, they numbed me up, but they guesstimated my weight for the the jab in the back, Mm. and I ended up going numb almost right up to my throat and almost got intubated myself. <laughs> so that was fun. And then yeah, they took him they cut him out. Um and he was fine. They tried to put him on CPAP initially from memory, but he didn't cope. So they took him away. I didn't even get to see him. Um, took him away and he got intubated. And I just said to my the half, look, you go with him, because if he doesn't make this, he doesn't yeah. deserve to die yeah. with no without someone that loves him next to him. So you go, I'm fine. Like mm. off you go. So he went with Spencer. Um, down to Nico, and the nurses took really, really good care of him. Um, and then I got taken back to like the after, whatever it is, post surgery. Yeah. Um, and then the, the funniest part about all of that was they had to check, you know, like post surgery, they've got to check when the numbing's going away from you. So they use the ice to yeah. see if you can yeah. feel yeah. it. Yeah. But they froze a glove with just two fingers sticking out and the other three in <laughs> when they brought it near me I was like what are you doing with that and where are you putting that <laughs> like, you, were, you were not putting that inside me and they're like oh no no just to check to see how numb you are I was like oh my lord <laughs> I thought you were gonna put it inside me <laughs> um and then yeah after that it got a bit messy so I got taken back to the ward um, but I was told by the nurses that I wasn't allowed to see him until I had showered. 
Yeah. They wouldn't let me see Spencer. So I had to go up to the ward without seeing him, and then they made me walk to the shower. She showered me, and by that point I was pretty delirious. Mm. Um, And as she was wiping me down, I made the comment of, normally it'd take a couple of dates before we get to this point, (laughs) and she did not find that funny whatsoever. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, and then uh, six hours later, post-shower, they finally agreed. She originally said, oh, you're very tired. You should have a sleep before you see your baby. And by that mm-hmm. point, I wanted to tell her where to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, take me to see my child because he might not survive. So she wheeled yeah. me down and I got to see him. But, yeah, he was very sick when he was born. So he was 991 grams, um, wow. which he should have been almost double that for that gestation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I got to – I stayed with him for a little bit, Um, but I was just – you know what it's like oh, post-C-section, you're just absolutely shattered by that point. So I'd done as long yeah. as I could. Um, And then, yeah, I stayed in the hospital, so I had him on the Wednesday, and I stayed every night until the Sunday in hospital where they finally discharged me. Mm-hmm. Um, And then because I lived a distance away from Waikato Hospital, they put me up in – this lovely five-star accommodation at the Tudor Lodge Motel. <laughs> I've heard many <laughs> stories. Many stories. Oh, I tell you what, Novotel's got nothing on that place. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so I stayed there, which was, it was horrible. There was people in Housing New Zealand, like, there that had nowhere to go. Yeah. I was on the top floor and my room would get hotboxed most nights from the people underneath me smoking marijuana. Gosh. There'd be domestics left, right, and center, and the police turning up, and that's not really what you want post op, but no, you, you, no. you get on with it. So, yeah, Spencer, um, he was on, where was he? Uh, 18 days he was intubated for initially, mm-hmm. um, where they tried several times to try an extubate, but he just seemed to be really sick and they didn't really know why. Um, they just, they couldn't figure out why he was so sick. There was mm. no actual reason why, especially after having no issues with my first pregnancy. They just couldn't figure it out. Um, and then uh, when he was eight days old, they had an issue with changing, you know how they change over the ventilators? Yeah. Um, so they were changing over the machine and one of the nurses put the settings run the wrong way. So it was supposed to be, um, pressure was supposed to be 11 and the oxygen was supposed to be 26, but she done it run the wrong way. Oh, my gosh. Um, and almost blew his lungs up to the point where they thought that they were going to pop. Mm. Um, and then they had to slowly deflate them and slowly bring the pressure down before they, otherwise they were worried that they were going to collapse, um, yeah. which <laughs> would not have been ideal. So I was pretty feisty by that point with everyone around me. Yeah, And I'd only just been able to touch him. And I think it took about two weeks before I was actually able to hold him. So all of this happened before I could even hold him. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty disappointing at the time, but I got over it. Um, He was on CPAP for another 25 days after that. And then we started transitioning and doing like three hours a day of high flow, then back to CPAP. And then we'd do that for three or four days. And then we'd add in another hour because we just couldn't seem to get him off like, but he was so oxygen dependent. Mm. Um, and then slowly we're able to get him to high flow. So we spent 213 days in Waikato Niku, mm. um, mainly in the high dependency part. 
um, where we became absolute family with all of the nurses there. That was so, so lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then nearing the end of that, we got a pretty hard diagnosis that he had hydrocephalus. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, again, came out of nowhere and they still don't know why he got it. So we very quickly got helicoptered up to Starship where he had a shunt placed um, and we had to stay in Starship for a further 22 days. Mm-hmm. Um, all this time I had to live in a crappy motel. I couldn't go home to see my family because I couldn't risk bringing COVID into the, the hospitals. Yeah. So I went a very long time without seeing my, my big boy grow up. I feel like I missed a very big gap in his life. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then from there, post surgery, we got transferred back to Waikato Pediatrics, uh-huh. um, where we spent a further thirty days in there. But I actually got to be with him in the in the room then, which oh, was quite good. nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we spent yeah. thirty days in there, just trying to wean him off his oxygen, to a point where basically I was comfortable to bring him home. Yeah. So yeah. he was fed via a tube, an NG tube. Um, because he has a severe oral aversion. He just won't, mm-hmm. wouldn't put any food or you couldn't even touch his face without him screaming at you um, due to all the steroid use that gave him floppy earways. Yeah. So every time they'd intubate and extubate him for any surgeries that he had while he was in hospital, it would just absolutely slice his throat up and, like, that extubate and there'd just be blood, you know, coming out of his mouth. And Yeah. It was, yeah, it was really hard to watch all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, we spent a total of 261 days in hospital and then they gave us the glorious news that they thought that I was capable of taking care of him so we were able to bring him home. Wow. Um, wow. He came home on low-flow oxygen during the day and then high-flow oxygen at night time. So I learned how to use all the machines and be able to set him up and just care for him, as a, like basically as a nurse at home. Um he was still fed via an NG tube, which I learned. I made them teach me how to replace it because we live an yes. hour and a bit away from yes. hospital. So I was like, I'm not driving that far just to feed, you know, like I would if I had to, but I said, look, just teach me. It's a means to an end. It's not forever. So yeah. Yeah. taught me how to replace his NG tube, which was very handy because NG tubes are horrible bloody things that they always rip out every second that they get. <laughs> um. Yeah, and he was on five lots of meds during all of that. So it was just every couple of hours we were giving him different meds and we started weaning him off his steroids. And then once we got him off his steroids, we were able to get him down off his oxygen. So just before his first birthday, we got him to no oxygen during the day and uh, just low flow overnight, which is a really, really good feeling. Yeah. 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 And then – a few months after that, he started not tolerating his feeds through his NG. He just kept vomiting everywhere because he also mm. has really severe reflux. Um, so he wasn't tolerating his milk through his NG. He, it was like it was tickling his throat and he'd just v- instantly vomit and pouch up his whole feed up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they put us on the shortlist for a Mickey because he started losing weight really quickly. So in December, we got the Mickey placed, December last year. And it was just life-changing for him. As soon as they'd done that, he propped himself up. He started crawling. He was just a different wow. kid. And they had told us that he would never walk, crawl, sit, um, or just do anything like a normal child because of all of these issues. They just didn't know why he was so sick. And now yeah. he's an absolute little champ. He's running everywhere, causing 
so much havoc. <laughs> that makes me want to cry a little bit. <laughs> he goes, we were told not to put him into daycare, but I thought this kid needs to be socialised. We'll take the bugs when the bugs come. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've been real lucky. I mean, he's home at the moment. And he has lovely conjunctivitis. Oh. It's it's a horrible little bug, eh? I know. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's home with me at the moment. So I'm enjoying just a little bit of what it would be like to be a stay-at-home mum. It's all the other mums that do it, I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's just, he's an absolute little champion. Like he's still got a lot of um, health conditions. Like he's got his, he's asthmatic. He's got severe oral reflux. He's got severe oral aversion, yeah. chronic lung disease, metabolic bone disease. He's got, a, he had an inguinal hernia, which he had surgery for. He's got hearing loss, so he wears hearing aids. Mm-hmm. hydrocephalus. He's got a subclavian artery, and for a little while they thought he had cystic fibrosis too, but we got cleared for that, thank goodness. Gosh, gosh. So <laughs> it's definitely a lot of his stuff is lifelong, but, yeah, he's just – he's fought tooth and nail to be here. He's such yeah. a little champion. Yeah. Yep, they just thought he was going to be a small prem baby. They had no idea that he was going to have all of these other health conditions, and there's Can still no reason to pick up. I don't like think so. I think that's, yeah, no, I don't think so. Like his subclavian artery was only picked up because when the prem babies, they do all the checks and they said most yeah. people have a subclavian artery and not actually know because um, you can live with it and it not cause any issues. The yeah. hydrocephalus, yeah. they said, happens quite often when there's been a brain bleed at birth, mm. but he never had one. Mm. So they don't know why. They said there might be a little bit of webbing in the side of his brain, but, again, they don't know why he's got that. And the hearing loss just absolutely threw us because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my other son and my partner just have selective hearing loss, I think. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just it was so strange that he had all of this and it was just like a blow every single time we'd start getting on the train and we'd start getting really well and, you know, signs of everything going our way and then boom, another diagnosis, boom, another yeah. diagnosis. But, yeah, no, it just, um, it, it was, it's definitely been a journey and I think it was quite hard for my big boy too because he's now four and a half but he didn't even know that he had a brother for a long time because I was too scared to tell him in case, he, in case Spencer died. I didn't yeah. want to break yeah. apart. So he just thought I had this lovely nine month holiday. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, when's mum coming home? Yeah, pretty much. I'd video call him. He's like, how's your holiday, mum? I'm like, living the dream, son. I'm living the dream. <laughs> it's so wholesome. Yeah. So right when we got told that we could come home, the day that we started packing up our um our room at work at a hospital, my partner got COVID. Uh-huh. And then my son, my big son got COVID as well. So when we came home, they couldn't even come and see us. They had to isolate off. But just to add to it all, I had my mum come to help because it was a lot bringing him home and getting everything set up. Yeah. Um, the poor lady called an elevator with someone. She caught COVID and then we got COVID from her. So oh we were home for two days and we had COVID trying to battle that on top of learning all of these new things to do with my son by myself. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Spencer's doing really well now. Like he goes to daycare five days a week. I'm back to work. My big boy goes to daycare. He's off to school soon. Wow. Um, 
we're currently planning our wedding. We're getting married next uh, next year, so it's just exciting. Like, exciting. It's finally falling in place for us after what seemed like blow after blow after blow, and having such an unexpected pregnancy and journey with Spencer because Miller, yeah. yeah, everything was just so. He basically came out with a backpack on running. He was just. <laughs> I didn't even have to really push him out. He just came out on his own. <laughs> um, I loved Nico, mm-hmm. which might be really weird because it's the most traumatizing place I reckon you could probably be with your child. But the staff there really became – I'm still in contact with a lot of the staff. Some of the nurses actually came to his first birthday. They still uh-huh. check in on us. Uh-huh. And every time so – Yeah, every time I go back to hospital, I message the girls that are still in NICU and they pop out or I take Spencer down to NICU and I go and see them and see all the staff there. Yeah. They absolutely yeah. became family to us because while we were there during COVID, it was only one parent allowed in at a time. So Jared and I had to make the call and I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm not staying away from my child because I feel like if I'm not there and something happens, I'd never forgive myself. So my other yeah. half, Jared, he just stayed home with our with our big boy because um, he we needed normality for him. Mm. So they really became family for us. And then Starship, oh, not Starship. Um, well, it was Starship essentially, but um, Auckland Hospital were really good, but it was just a change. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just different staffing and getting used to us and I can be a little bit stubborn when it comes to the care of my child and letting people touch him if they don't need to or I'm very much a routine person and my children yeah. have a routine yeah. so they would come in to try and do things and I'm like, if you touch him and wake him, he is your problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm that mum. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, peds were good too. I honestly couldn't fault any of them. We had our ups, we had our downs, we had some some issues, but I always raised it. I spoke to the people that needed to be spoken to. I dealt with it. We moved on because the way I look at it, that Niku team saved his life. They kept him alive and they absolutely treated him like he was their own. We were the long-termer there. We were the the chunky boy. (laughs) When he was about five kilos, the rest of the babies were a kilo. So we definitely, uh, we met a lot of people in there as well. But, yeah, not so much in like peds and all that because we were in our own room there um which was nice because we stayed there for so long but yeah 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 seven kilos when we got him home he was definitely a lot bigger a lot of that was steroid weight though so when we got him off the steroids he went real skinny and I was like bring bring back my chunky baby yeah (laughs) I've got photos that the nurses would take of him and I just I absolutely howl every time I look like there's just no neck they're like rolls over (laughs) the hands just and the poor thing, because he had an inguinal hernia, it obviously yeah. affected him downstairs a little bit and being so <laughs> chunky. I was like, sorry, son, it'll grow. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, yeah, it, it was an absolute journey. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy what we went through, but yeah. I, some of the women that I met going through, especially Nico, because that's where I was a lot more social, Mm. some of the women that I still keep in contact with are so lovely and the journeys yeah. that they went on as well and the differences and I just I couldn't have gotten through it without them they are what kept me sane and on my bad days they were the ones that were there because after living in a place for so long it yeah it definitely became home and I'd be the one that would be walking through on my pajamas and yeah <laughs> you had the so one in the corner like- 
Exactly, exactly. And it was nice to be able to comfort some of the new mums as well that came yeah. through that didn't yeah. know what was going to happen next. It was just, it was nice to be there for them because I remember my first day and just thinking, what are we doing? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Where do we go yeah. from here? Who do we yeah, talk yeah. to? So, yeah. No, it was, um, I definitely wouldn't do it again. No. <laughs> he was no, me he, the best, me con- best contraception I've ever needed. <laughs> <laughs> Love him to pieces, but no, thank you. Yeah, he's definitely, um, he definitely keeps us on our toes, that's for sure, but. We wouldn't change him for the world. He's just an absolute little firecracker. I'm so just, glad he's doing so, so, he's well. Doing so well. Yeah, especially from the odds that we were given. He shouldn't mm. be here. He mm. absolutely should not be here. But I always said if he wants to be here, we He'll will give him happen. that chance. Yeah. 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 And I thought I would rather, this might sound really horrible, but I would rather push to get to 26 weeks. And if he passes away in that time, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Fine, that was his decision. But if he yeah. gets to 26 weeks, I will fight for him from there because he is viable and we'll do whatever we can to keep him alive. And you made it and we what, did. another four weeks yeah. on top of that. Four weeks on top of that. Yeah, yeah, longer than they thought. And then when Amazing. we got to 29 Amazing. weeks, I remember them being like, let's go for till 32 weeks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big jump. <laughs> that's a long way away. <laughs> but, yeah, well, once well, the steroids well, ended, that was it for us. <laughs> yeah. They were our saving grace to get him to where we got him to. So, but yeah, yeah. no, we're, oh, well, I'm, we're like I'm, I'm so like glad he's so doing well. He's doing well. Yeah, me. Someone else will, someone else will, you know, be able to resonate, able to resonate and and what you've been through. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Like I quite often get quite a few other mums reaching out because I've posted some of our journey on. Um, Instagram and on the NICU pages and yeah. I've had a few other mums actually reach out and just say it's nice to be able to hear someone else's story that ended well because yeah. it might not have happened for them that way or you know and just even just give people some advice and whatnot like our journey was long it wasn't like don't get me wrong a week in NICU is still horrible but yeah. we were there for a very long time we became part of the furniture there so it's just nice being able to give some advice to some other mums and 100%. just help them, even if it's just support and a listening ear. So yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. So yeah, that was Rachel and Spencer's story, which was just I can't even fathom everything they had to go through um, and what they are still dealing with, um, including conjunctivitis, like most of us would whatever babies we have um but yes it was like I say it was amazing talking to her she had such a positive outlook um and yeah I said it so many times but it was just incredible to hear how well Spence was doing considering all of his circumstances but I hope you enjoyed um today's episode um and we will have another episode two episodes next week um Wednesdays and Saturdays are when episodes are released How many times can I say episode? Um, Otherwise, until then, uh, I'll see you later. Chat soon. Bye.